0: Good morning. Let's stand and worship God together. Now is the time to worship. Come, now is the time to worship. Come, now is the time to give. Just as you are to worship, come. Just as you are. My soul will sing you praise on it.
1: Father we worship you today. You are God, creator, friend, lover of our soul. We worship you today, Father. Be with us. Hear our prayers and our praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning. So good to have you here in worship today. I'm glad you come to worship with us and I hope that this service can be something where God can speak to you and you can leave a little bit different. Turn around and greet your neighbor and let him know you're glad to see him here today.
2: Good morning from Kid Street as well. We've got a couple things going on. Uh, we are still giving out Operation Christmas Child boxes. They are back behind the visitor's center if you want to sign one or two out. We are collecting those. Um, and bringing them back. As soon as you fill them up, uh, the last day is November 14th. So we're going to be sending those out so kids can get those um, in time for Christmas in other countries. And uh, we're doing Trunks of Fun next Saturday. It is Halloween, so we're going to do it at two o'clock and. Even though I heard it's supposed to snow tomorrow, it looked like the weatherman said like 59 degrees on Halloween. So I think we ought to have pretty good weather for trunks of fun. We've got about 13 trunks signed up right now. I was hoping for about 20 or so to fill up the lot on each side, maybe 10 cars a side. So we're collecting candy. We're going to put them in individual bags so we don't have to worry about passing them out or kids touching a bunch of different pieces of candy. We're going to put trunks distanced in the parking lot and have masks on. So that'll be a neat, safe way to, uh, to uh, celebrate and give the kids a little something safe to do on Halloween during these times. So I've got a little jack-o'-lantern right here. Normally I'd put candy in it, but what do you see inside of it? Yeah. Water. Yeah, I normally don't have water in my jack o lantern So um, Pastor Kevin's going to be talking about wisdom. We we talked about wisdom uh, during the pandemic quite a bit on online when we put our services on YouTube. So I've got a sponge here, right? So think of the water as like knowledge, right? We go to school, we come to church, we read, we study the Bible, okay? And then think of we're the sponge, right? So we can We can put the sponge in in the water, right? You know how sponges work. What's it full of now? Yeah, right? So, do you guys know, like, right from wrong? Anybody know, like, one of the Ten Commandments or something Jesus told us to do? You know those? You know, yeah? Okay. Anybody know one that you might say? Are we supposed to lie? Never say God's name
1: in vain. Ooh,
2: never say God's name in vain, right? So, um, wisdom is knowing, not only knowing what's right, but it's choosing to do what is right. Wisdom is knowing the difference between right and wrong and choosing not to do the wrong thing. So, we call that when we're under pressure, we make the right decisions. So this sponge is full of the water, right? We said the water is knowledge. So if we're under pressure, right? If our friends are doing it, or if we're mad, or if we're angry, right? We're under pressure, look look what comes out. Yeah, the water comes out, right? So when we're under pressure, if we're full of God's knowledge, right? Then we're under pressure, right? If we have to make a decision right? We're full of his wisdom. So when we get squeezed into a bad situation or we have to make a choice, then his wisdom will come out. So listen to Pastor Kevin's message about wisdom too, okay? And then you can pick up a pretzel off of the pew in front to remind you to come to trunks at two o'clock on Halloween, okay? All right, bow with me. Dear Lord, we we thank you for your wisdom given to us through your word. Help us to give your wisdom and your word to those that we come in contact with to help our children learn the difference between right and wrong, to be filled with your love, and to share that with those around us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Let's continue to stand and praise God together. This is number 447 in your hymnal, if you'd like to read from your hymnal. When we walk with the Lord in the light of His Word, What a glory he sheds on our way. Let us do his good will. He abides with us still. And with all who will trust and obey. To trust and know Side in the way, what he says we will do, where he sends. Said... you strength help us go in this world where we roll ancient words will guide us home. sacrifice. Oh, heed the faithful words of Christ. Holy words long preserved for our walk in this world. They resound with God's own to changing me and changing
1: Father, again, we thank you for your presence. In this time, we give back our offerings. One way of acknowledging your generosity to us, one way of showing that we are not bound to the things of this world. Use this gift for your pleasure and for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And remember, we take up the offering as you leave, so don't forget that. Open your Bibles within this morning, if you would. Proverbs chapter 2, in your Old Testament, Job, Psalms, and then Proverbs chapter 2, continuing in our series, God's Word, the path to life, looking at ways that God's Word teaches us how to live a better life. Today we're talking about wisdom, like Dave said, not just knowing, but doing Proverbs chapter 2, as you're turning to that passage, remember that we have deacons meeting tonight at 5.30 and business meeting at 6.30. There will be room upstairs in the fire center to be socially distanced. Wear your mask, come socially distanced and we'll be fine, I think. So I encourage you to come to that tonight. And I would encourage you to consider doing trunks of fun with us and helping us. We want to have something good for the kids, several of the families connected with their child care have about it. No one's doing trick-or-treating for the most part. The kids have their outfits. They want to strut their stuff and all that. So we want to give them a place to strut a little bit, all right? And you can strut your own stuff too if you want. Proverbs chapter 2. As always, we begin with a time of prayer. I would encourage you to pray all sorts of things that need God's touch. Our nation, of course. But even closer to home, there are many of us who struggle, some facing surgery. Bow with me, please. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence this morning. We have heard your word in song, and we praise you, Father. For the gift of music, for touching us in a way that is subtle yet profound. Thank you. We thank you for this gift of faith, for the life that we have in Jesus, forgiveness of sins, the presence of your Spirit, hope in this life and in life to come. Thank you. And Father, we thank you for creating us as we are people who can love and be loved who gain nurture and sustenance from relationships. We thank you, Father, for loving us as you do and providing for us. We thank you for this great nation, the freedoms and privileges we enjoy. For all these and more, Father, we thank you. We recognize that if it's worth having, it is a gift from you. Lord, we pray knowing that there are many who struggle In our nation, we struggle against racism, bigotry, political partisanship, forces that divide us. Father, give us hope. Help us to work through these issues. We ask for forgiveness when we fail you as we struggle against the sin in this life. Help us, Father, to stand together. Unite us in faith. Unite us in purpose. Unite us in love. Father, be with our soldiers, our first responders, those who are working in the hospitals to care for those that are sick. Protect them and keep them safe. Give them encouragement and endurance. We know as a people that we are struggling with this pandemic, not just out of fear of the pandemic, but... The frustrations and agonies of being locked down. Help us, Father. Guide those researchers who are working on vaccines. We pray for a relief from this suffering. Help us, Father, to understand that we are here for a purpose. Even in hard times, give us a vision for service to others. Help us to be gracious and kind. And Father, give us wisdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Listening to the radio the other day, there was a, an announcer talking to a group of people, and he asked a question, what do you guys want out of life? Surprisingly, everybody wanted the same thing. Well, I, I just want to get by. I want to keep my family together. I want to have a life that is worth meaning. I want to be able to feed my family. There really weren't many requests for pink Cadillacs or new Harleys or those kinds of things. You know, the things that we think of, if you want to be happy, you got to have. When people are being serious minded, really, most of us want the same thing. Because if you've been around very long, if you're beyond 18 or 20 or so, you've begun to realize that that the things that... so prominent really don't make much difference. The things that make the headlines, I mean, the things that we talk about, the cars and the jobs and the careers and the money in the bank, those things are all important to a degree, but really they don't satisfy much. Most of us want the same thing. And then we're confronted with the reality that so many people we'll never have those things. Sometimes it's due to forces beyond their control. We know that. At the same time, you and I know people and we love these people who just can't get it together. In my close family, I've had brothers and sisters who just can't 50, 60 years just not going to happen. You too. Sometimes you're related. Sometimes they come to family reunions. Sometimes you go to high school reunions and there they are. It's just not going to happen. If we're not careful, we tend to think that, well, it's because we're better than they are. You ever notice that? You know, when people are failing in life, we tend to feel pretty good. But a lot of times there's more to it than that, isn't there? what they're taught, what they're not taught, things like that. On screen today, we're going to talk about the idea of wisdom. And on screen is a definition of wisdom. Follow along with me. Wisdom is the application of truth and grace to the situations of life guided by a perspective of faith. Wisdom often comes over time by the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Now, this isn't the dictionary definition. This is the definition that fits my sermon, okay? I'm going to be like anybody else. I'm going to redefine the term to fit my agenda. So today, the idea of wisdom is living according to the truth that you believe, but also with an element of grace and faith. So keep that in mind because you're going to hear people, other people talk about wisdom outside the church, and, and it's not going to fit this sermon, and that's okay. They just haven't heard my sermon and adopted my wisdom, of course. You know, no, but, but today when I'm talking about wisdom, it's living according to the truth that you know with grace and faith. Wisdom gives you the ability to discern, but also to give grace to others. When I look at other people in my life, in my high school class reunion or whatever, and I see that some of them are still struggling after 40 and 50 years, I could be smug. They had the same chances I did for the most part. But grace keeps me from being smug because I, I don't know what is on their heart and mind. I don't know their experiences. I don't know their struggles. So wisdom turns you down a little bit. It keeps your ego from getting too big. It can be very humbling actually. Wisdom gives you the ability to avoid really terrible mistakes. Even though the facts would give you the ability to do that very thing. I was reading in, a, in Smithsonian Magazine this week. No, not Smithsonian, the Scientific American. And it's, it was one of those stories talking about something else. But it told a story of a Soviet officer in 1983. And I know some of you have already heard this story. But it bears repeating, true story. Soviet officer sitting at his computer terminal in the early days of computers. At his computer terminal, his job was to watch for missile launches in the United States that were aimed at the Soviet Union. That's what we used to call it, remember. Pretty dreary task. Nothing ever happened, and everybody knew that. Nothing was going to happen. And then that day it happened in 1983, and there was a launch. His computer registered... An ICBM launch aimed at, the United, aimed at the Soviet Union. The trajectory was coming right towards the Soviet Union. He hesitated. His job was to sound the alarm and push those buttons and tell people to push other buttons. But he hesitated. And then another one. And then another one. And then another one. And he was confronted with the screen that showed four ICBMs coming from the United States towards the Soviet Union. And he knew what he had to do, but he hesitated. And then the fifth one went off. What was he going to do? He knew that his career was on the line. He knew that his nation was going to be destroyed. But for some reason, he just couldn't understand why, at that time, the United States would do this. He just didn't understand. And he couldn't believe it. I can't believe it. So without talking to anyone, he canceled the alerts, did a systems analysis, punched some buttons, do what computer guys do, and found out that there was a sensor that was wrong in his screen. Nuclear war diverted. Not because he was smart, but because he was wise A little bit of grace there. He interpreted the information, but he understood that maybe, maybe just maybe something was wrong. So some wisdom there diverted nuclear holocaust. Sometimes wisdom can save your life. Sometimes it just makes your life better. But always wisdom is appropriate. Before you act, before you think, apply wisdom. Interestingly enough, in ancient cultures, wisdom was important. Follow along with me if you would. Proverbs chapter 2, I'll read the first 12 verses. Proverbs chapter 2. My son, if you will receive my sayings and treasure my commandments within you, make your ear attentive to wisdom, incline your heart to understanding. For if you cry for discernment, lift your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver and search for her as hidden treasure, then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice. And he preserves the way of his godly ones. Then you will discern righteousness and justice and equity in every good course. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will guard you. Understanding will watch over you to deliver you from the way of evil from the man who speaks perverse things. So a lot of things we can learn from this passage concerning this idea of wisdom. And again, wisdom is one of those things that, based on word of God, can give you a path to life on this earth that can make your life better. It may interest you to know that the wisdom literature in the Old Testament Wasn't just from God to a particular biblical author. Solomon and some others, but Solomon in particular, made the pursuit of wisdom his life's goal. In fact, if you remember the story, when Solomon first gained control, he prayed to God and God said, I'll give you anything you want, and what do you ask for? Give me wisdom that I might judge your people rightly. He prayed for wisdom, undefined, so we'll go with my definition, okay? So he prayed that God would help him discern truth and make actions and decisions based on truth with grace and faith. For the rest of his life, he pursued wisdom. He would seek out the wise people in his culture. And then he traveled all over the world. And and because of where the Holy Land was located, it was kind of an intersection of 435 and 35 and 291. You know, one of those places. And everybody traveled through there. Everybody who was anybody traveled through the Holy Land. And he would... Have this standard call. I want to talk to you. And he met with everybody who would talk to him. He Spent his life. He would ask them, give me some wise advice from your culture. What do people in your culture talk about when they talk about wisdom? And what you see in Proverbs and some Psalms and Ecclesiastes is a collection of wisdom from around the world sifted through the sieve of faith. No nonsense. Just wisdom that measures up to what God wants us to hear. So when you read Proverbs and Psalms and Ecclesiastes, the Song of Solomon, hear what God says about wisdom. In our passage, Solomon mentions several things, and I don't have a lot of time to spend on this, but I want you to understand what he says. In verses 4 through 6, he talks about a knowledge of God and the value of faith. There is wisdom... In religious faith, you are not ignorant because you believe in God, in other words. Some would have you think that. Only ignorant people believe this sort of nonsense. God says there is wisdom when you discern a world of faith. Faith enables you to see the good in people that don't look very good. Faith enables you to see that people are created in God's image, even though we're different. Faith enables you to see that there is value and worth a life well-lived. Protection from foolish influences. If you allow God to teach you, he makes you aware of foolish words and practices. When you watch the news or the debates or you read the political rhetoric on Facebook or whatever you're reading, God can help you to discern the foolishness He will even help you to discern who the fools are sometimes. Not so you can criticize them, but so you can ignore them. There's plenty of fools on both sides of the aisle, aren't there? Sometimes God can help us recognize justice and righteousness. And the opposite. When a law seems unjust and unfair, it may be legal, it may be publicly acceptable. Wisdom helps you to discern what isn't right and just Look at verse 10. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. In other words, a life of wisdom is a good life. It will be a life that satisfies you. has nothing to do with how much you eat or what you look like or what you wear or what you drive. But everything with in the darkness of night when you're awake is your life worth living. Wisdom can give you that life. So there's value in it. So let's assume... That you want wisdom. Let's assume at dinner today, you're thinking, and you say to your family, you know, Kev was right. I listened to the I stayed awake during a sermon and I want that wisdom thing that he was talking about. Okay? So we're pretending here. So what can you do to gain wisdom? One of the things that you have to do is to want it. The beginning of wisdom is acquire wisdom and with all your acquiring get understanding so here's the implicit understanding here you have to understand that you don't have it before you seek it in other words the fact that you're doing good in your life doesn't mean you know everything and there's that sense of humility that God can give you but you have to understand that you don't know everything first before he can speak to you you have to understand you need something So, when you begin to acquire wisdom, this is a step in the right direction when you acknowledge, I need some help here. So, on screen are some things we can do, the pursuit of wisdom. The first thing, live conscious of God. Read this passage with me. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom. Teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Here is the wisdom of the gospel, the words of Christ. Ready? Everybody's created equal in the image of God. Any other concept is just wrong for a person of faith. The word of the gospel is we're all created equal. Like the kid's song says, red and yellow, black and white. Got it? Number two. We're all failed sinners. Every one of us. Worthy of hell. Yes, that's the gospel message. Every one of us. Every one of us needs the cleansing that is from Jesus. Every one of us need to be saved. Every one of us need what the gospels can give us. And number three. The salvation and love of God is available to everybody. Everybody. Yes, even those people. You fill in the blank what those are. When you base your life on that, everything changes. It is a life-changing understanding when you look at life from the perspective of the gospel. You no longer have the right to hate. You no longer have the privilege and freedom to do whatever you want. You no longer have the ability to think of yourself as better than anyone else. It is immediately a sense of profound equality and need Based on Jesus. If you follow Jesus, if you claim the gospel knowledge, that is one of the foundations of wisdom that is from God. It helps you to understand who you are and who everybody else is too. Go to the next screen. Listen to counsel. Read this with me. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man is he who listens to counsel. In other words, you don't know everything. Surprise. There was a time when I did and then I graduated from high school and I remember being confronted by these noxious professors who would argue with me. You two. We've all gone through that to some degree or another. We must be careful of allowing our egos to to make us fools because they can do that. Sometimes it isn't even our ego. It's just our mouth. Have you ever noticed that? Sometimes your mouth just says stuff. And you go, wow, where'd that come from? Recognize who you are and take counsel. When someone who is wise speaks, listen to them. Even if you don't need it that day, you might need it later. Listen to others. Understand you don't know everything. James said it like this. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing my brethren... These things ought not so to be. In other words, watch yourself. And finally, listen to your conscience. Go to the next screen. Read this with me. Fools mock at sin, but among the upright there is goodwill. What this means is when you feel guilty about something or something doesn't feel right, back it off a little bit and think it through. Fools mock a guilty conscience is what this passage is saying. Fools feel guilty or they just ignore what they know to be true and do whatever they want. The scriptures are teaching us, if you are wise, listen to your conscience. Listen to what you've been taught. Now, here's the thing. Your conscience can be wrong. Sometimes your conscience will allow you to feel good doing that which is evil. This is when you have to listen to the word of God. Sometimes your conscience will make you feel guilty when there's no reason to feel guilty. This is where you have to listen to the Word of God. Conscience is educated. There are people out in the world who can take your money and feel good about themselves just the way it is. Don't be so foolish as to think that everyone is just like you. They're not. Your job, though, was to listen to your conscience. Educate your conscience By studying the Word of God, by allowing the Word of Christ to dwell richly in all wisdom. That's what he's talking about. Allow godly teachings to change you, to change how you think about actions and words and things like that. I have a good friend, older guy, preacher. He grew up for the first 40 years of his life, he was a fighter and a drinker. Good guy, as long as you didn't cross him. If you crossed him, he'd beat you up. It was really that simple. But when he wasn't drunk and fighting, he really was a good guy. He was in my larger family. Never thought anything about it because guess what his family did for a good time? They drank and got drunk and got in fights. That's what they did. He grew up that way. There was no problem at all with that. That was his lifestyle. And then, I don't know what happened. His wife drug him to church. And that guy got saved. That's right. He heard the gospel one time. And God saved him. And all of a sudden, he realized that he couldn't just beat people up anymore. Particularly when he became a preacher, he realized that was not going to work in the church. And seriously, this was a big thing for him. He'd never realized that. You can't beat people up. He could, you know. And he didn't see why not until he began to allow the word of Christ dwell richly with him in all wisdom. And his conscience began to keep him from beating people up. A good thing, by the way. He struggled with drink for a long time, finally got rid of that too. Your conscience can be wrong. Allow the scriptures to change your heart and conscience. And then listen to that conscience. If you've been in church all your life, your conscience knows. In my own life, I know there are some times when what I'm doing is technically correct, but it doesn't feel right. And and my annoying wife will say, are you sure about that? And she's always right. Dang it. Always. And if I don't get the sense that it's all right, I need to back it off a notch. Just like you do too. Don't ignore your conscience. Wisdom comes over years and experiences. It doesn't come all of a sudden. It comes as God is allowed to work in your heart. A closing passage. Read this with me. Who among you is wise and understanding? Let him show by his good behavior his deeds in the gentleness of wisdom. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering without hypocrisy. Wisdom has an element of faith and an element of grace. And wisdom will guide you into a life that is worth living. Nate's going to come and lead us in a hymn of imitation this morning. Let me challenge you to ask God for wisdom. The thing about asking God for wisdom, He may give it to you. And He will confront you and challenge you and then leads you to change. Would you stand with me as Nate leads us?
0: glory he sheds on our way. Let us do his good will. He abides with us still and with all who will trust and own.
1: again, deacons meeting and business meeting tonight. And like I said, we'll try to be socially dense and all those things. And we won't drag those services on either. Glad you come to worship with us today. Would you pray with me, please? Father, again, we thank you for your presence. We pray for wisdom. Help us to allow your word to dwell in our hearts richly. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And good day. See you tomorrow or next week.